Hello and welcome to the very first episode of Post Credit, the podcast for you to go to for all the movie needs you have after the credits roll. We'll provide you every week with news, reviews, predictions, and theories, as well as exclusive movie details you can't find anywhere else. Today's episode will feature plenty of juicy content as we will discuss and theorize based off the early reactions of Spider-Man Far From Home, as well as give you our full thoughts on the massive recently released Pixar blockbuster Toy Story 4. I am your host, Preston Moore, and I am joined by my co-host, Raymond Venuya. Raymond, as this is our very first episode, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? All right, what's up? Glad to be here. Uh, so my name is Raymond. I'm actually a film student from UNLV, recently graduated. I'm living out here in California, but the end all be all is, man, I love movies. You know, I love watching them. I love making them. Movies are great. Uh, greatest you movie. Sound like, you sound like Tiana Reeves in that in that. Uh interview have you heard that i have that's because it's true man i mean there is nothing greater than watching movies by yourself with people whether it's feeling all the feels by yourself or feeling them with your friends there's nothing just greater than that so why not talk about it absolutely movie magic that's what it's all about uh for me as well my name is preston moore Uh, i'll introduce myself too uh if you know me you know that i love movies and if you get me talking about them i won't stop talking about them so i'm uh i'm definitely glad to uh to be doing this project uh and i've been wanting to been wanting to be on a podcast for a long time to do my own thing uh and i'm glad to to have you with me uh of course it's gonna be it'll be a good time uh movies are one of my passions for sure i've always always enjoyed them even since i was a little kid it's just there's something special about going to the movies and uh, just kind of experiencing that escapism, you know, where where you can go to the movies and it doesn't matter what's going on in your life. You can watch a movie, be enthralled by that movie for two hours, uh, hour and a half, three hours, uh, whatever. Ten years um, if you're Marvel, just, I mean. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, but it's nice to it's nice to to just put everything aside for a little bit and uh, enjoy a film. So I'm I'm excited to to be able to talk about them here. Um, so that being said, I kind of want to talk about what kind of content we'll have. Uh, like I've mentioned, we're going to have news reviews, predictions and theories, uh, and exclusive movie details. Um, we're going to be covering pretty much every big movie that releases every week. Uh, that's, uh, that's the goal. Uh, hopefully we'll add a little some fun stuff here and there. Uh, I'm hoping to have some guests on a couple weeks uh, out from now, I assume. Raymond, what about you? Uh, I'm just here to discuss all the movies, all the good things that are happening in them, all the bad things we think that are happening in them. There's just way too much (laughs) stuff going on with movies to not talk about it. I mean, from Spider-Man to Toy Story to what's going to be rolling around in Oscar season this December. I think there's just way too many stuff to not talk about movies on a weekly basis. But I'd love to talk about anything having to do with fan casts and predictions, especially with our comic book movies coming up. Just all those things I think are going to be great and that we always have something to look forward to. Absolutely. I think, uh, and we're starting at a pretty good time because it's, it's the beginning of summer almost, you know. I mean, we, we've already had a couple summer blockbusters, but Toy Story 4 is kind of kicking us off for sure on a high note. So I'm, uh, I'm excited. We've definitely got a lot of good content lined up in the coming weeks, uh, that I'm, I'm very excited for. Um, so, uh, post credit, 
uh, that's the name of our podcast that you are listening to right now. If you didn't know that, uh, you might be in the wrong place, but stick around. Uh, <laughs> um, here, uh, we're going to be posting post-credit on every major uh, podcast listening site. Uh, right now, we are for sure going to be able to have it on YouTube and Spotify for sure. Um, we may, uh, we'll end up getting it onto Apple Podcasts uh, here in a bit, but we're not sure when that will be. It might be right now. Maybe you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts. If so, it worked out. Uh, but if not, then uh, we're going to be up there soon. Uh, we'll be releasing episodes every single Monday uh, of every week. So you can count on us to be here uh, no matter what happens. Rain or shine, we'll be, we'll be ready to go. Um, every Monday of the week, uh, we'll be releasing a new episode. So that being said... Uh, Let's jump right into it. Uh, Spider-Man Far From Home, uh, the earliest screenings have already happened, uh, even though the movie is a little bit a ways. Um, but the reactions have been overwhelmingly positive. Um, yeah, I have yet to see a I bad know. review of this movie come up from anybody who's gone to the early screenings. Yeah, it's been uh, really, really good. Um, really, really good reactions i've seen some people calling it the greatest spider-man movie ever um now they said that about spider-man homecoming as well and spider-man into the spider-verse so i mean to each his own uh but hopefully they're right uh, i'll say that um i've heard some really really good things um what are you most excited for in this movie I'm I'm definitely most excited for jake gyllenhaal i mean to have an a-list actor like that come in and of course we don't know what his motive is in the movie, what his character's motive is going on in the movie yet, but I definitely think that based off our early reactions, judging how they're saying, oh, it's a great twist, he's definitely involved in there somewhere. So I'm really excited to see his performance. And of course, I'm really excited to see Tom Holland. I really do think he's killing it as Spider-Man, but that's just me. What about you? How can you not? I mean, everybody, everybody loves Tom Holland, I feel like. Um... Although, well, maybe not everybody. Yeah, I was like, oh. <laughs> Never mind. I take it back. The, the fandom's been a little bit divided recently, but I do know um, I, I love Tom Holland, personally. I think he's, um, he's I, don't, I don't know if I would say he's the best Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. um, I'm currently, currently re-watching all of the Spider-Man movies, um, so I'll, I'll be able to make a final decision on that pretty soon. I think he probably is. I'll say. I'll um, I'll say he. Uh, mm, I'll say he is. But to be fair, there are a lot of things that go into that because, okay, what if Amazing Spider-Man Two wasn't so horrible to me? I mean, I still think Amazing Spider-Man Two was awesome. That's but for some reason, a lot of people hate it. But <laughs> if Andrew Garfield right was given this role in the MCU, I think. No, no offense, of course, to Tom Holland. I think he's great. He's a great actor. But Andrew Garfield is just really killing it as an actor in all his roles. So I feel like the whole Spider-Man, who's the best Spider-Man debate is really, it's a, it's a little unfair because look at the quality of like scripts and direction they're given. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And there's a lot that goes into that. For, for the longest time, I said... Uh, Tobey Maguire is the best Peter Parker, but Andrew Garfield is the best Spider-Man because they're very different. Obviously, oh, yes. it's the same guy, but 
Peter Parker as a person, as a character, acts a lot different when he's in that Spider-Man suit. You know, that's where he's given his confidence. That's when he's able to, you know, have some quips. That's where he has a lot of fun. Um, but it's where he shows off his strengths. And when he's Peter Parker, he's kind of nerdy. He's to the side. He's more reserved. Um, and there, he just acts different in different times. So I think that um, Tobey Maguire nailed that Peter Parker part. I'll say that. Um, he was nerdy to the max so much so that when he was spider-man i think he he wasn't always um as as good as as the web slinger you know as andrew garfield was whereas when you look at andrew garfield i mean if you look if you watch my favorite film of his uh out of the two is the amazing spider-man the first one Mm -hmm. but um when you look at that one i mean he he's so so funny when he's spider-man like that's the highlight of the movie is the Spider-Man scenes when he's like, you know, beating up on criminals and making fun of them. And I, I don't know, he shoots, shoots one guy in the junk with his webs. And I don't know, he's just, there's a lot to love about his rendition of Spider-Man. But then when you look at his Peter Parker, he's kind of like, I don't think he nails the nerdy persona so well. Oh no, he's really that cool. Just cause, that may be just cause he's so good looking. Like he's just a very good looking guy that it was kind of awkward for to see him as a nerd. Like, in real life, you see this guy and it's like, well, that guy wouldn't be in there. Like, yeah. clearly not, you know? Um, I but think I think Tom Holland kind of nails them both. He does. And I think for me, it's this idea that, yeah, Tom Holland, I feel like, is a very balanced Spider-Man and Peter Parker. Where he does handle the geeky nerdiness that Tobey Maguire had, but he also maintains that almost like charisma, that really nice happy-go-lucky sort of funny Spider-Man that we all love in Andrew Garfield. But at the same time, I still do feel like if we're talking about the best Spider-Man, right, you have to think about, well, what does the script intend for that Spider-Man? I don't know how much you think about clinging to source material and being loyal to these characters, but I actually love that maybe in Andrew Garfield's that Spider-Man, or Peter Parker at least, wasn't super nerdy. He was more like, you know, a hipster, good-looking dude, rode his skateboard around, but he didn't have a lot of friends. He stuck to his film camera. Like, I thought that was cool at least. But I really just feel like Tom Holland, yeah, that's why, in my opinion, he is the best Spider-Man because he's just killing it on both sides. And, I mean, he's getting great direction, apparently, and getting a great script, too, to back him up. So, I mean, you can't go wrong with that. And, of course... How do you like this suit? Like th- this has been bugging me. The black suit. What do you think about that? I have been so back and forth on it. Mm-hmm. Um and I think I've come to the conclusion that I don't like it very much. Um <laughs> I know a lot of people think it's like awesome and that's great. Um and I I just don't I don't know how I feel about it. The red and black. I feel like Spider-Man needs to have some blue like somewhere in a suit. And in this one, there's like not any blue anywhere, you know, it's solely red and black. I don't know that. And it's basically the same exact suit as his Stark suit from homecoming. Yeah. But with a different color scheme, almost, you know, they hardly changed anything. And I would have liked to see a little bit, a little bit more of a change with that. I I don't mind as much that they didn't change the, I guess, like, the shell of the suit or the way it's designed as much. Like, if they had gone with the exact same suit from Homecoming, I would have been like, okay, that's fine. You know, we got some continuity going on with the suit, you know. But 
I actually, yeah, I was back and forth on this one for a while too, just because I've always thought about it like, yeah, you know, they really should add black to the Spider-Man suit, make him a little bit more edgy. And then now that it's here, I'm like, oh, I don't know about this. Like, I really (laughs) do think like it almost takes away from the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man feel that we had in the first movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. I I also have thought that there should be more black in the suit just to make it less less uh campy, like comic booky if that makes sense. Like, I don't know. I think it I would have I think it would have helped a lot and for a long time I was like it should just be red and black. Yeah. Um but when I see it, I don't know if this is the right way to go about it. I think there's almost too much black cuz when you look at it, it's like the entire bottom half is black. Whereas I think if they would have just added like when you look at Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man suit from the amazing Spider-Man one, it's mainly all red with like blue accents. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. Um, like there's no, like it, there, it's not a separation from the top and the bottom, like mm-hmm. a shirt and a pants or whatever, you know, um, like most, like a lot of the other suits are. And this new Tom Holland suit is like the top is all red, obviously. But then the bottom is like mostly black. And I, I think it would have looked better if it was like all red, similar to Andrew Garfield's with like some more black accents, but not an entire section of the suit being black, if that makes sense. No, definitely. I don't but, know. I, I yeah. still like it. I mean, I don't hate the black suit. Don't get me wrong. But I definitely don't think now that it's here, it's one of those things where it's like you want it, but then as soon as you get it, you're just like, oh, did I really want this? Yeah, right. You get in and you're like, I I don't know if this is what I had in mind, but yeah, I don't, yeah, like, like you said, I don't hate it, but I just, I think it could be better. I don't know how. It's not my job. Yeah. It's not terrible. This is why we're not working for Disney right now, but. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah, this is why, this is why we're not in charge of things yet. Uh, but. Uh, that being said, let's. Uh, I'm going to read off some tweets of people who have seen Spider-Man Far From Home, mm-hmm. uh, and we can maybe talk about them a little bit. Um, Brandon Davis said, uh, Spider-Man Far From Home is an absolute home run. It's so much fun. It's huge in itself and for the future of the MCU in the most, in, in the most surprising ways. Uh, Tom Holland, Jake Gyllenhaal, just a lethal, awesome combo. I cannot wait to see this movie again and again. Um, Mike Ryan said, absolutely love Spider-Man Far From Home. I'm a huge Mysterio fan, and Hall nails him. Also, the movie is very clever and funny in how it handles the fallout post-Endgame in explaining how this world works now. Um, one more. Maud Garrett said, Spider-Man Far From Home is such a good movie. Jake Hall suits up and completely embraces his role in its entirety, and he's clearly having a blast. This is such a refreshing film after the heaviness of Endgame. The post-credit scenes are a must-watch and will blow your dang mind. Um, so, uh, high praise from a lot of people. That, that's three of many that I've seen, and I'm sure you've seen as well. Oh, yeah. Um, so, that being said, there's a lot that talks about um, a twist. They're saying that there's a lot that's unexpected um, in this movie. So, I, I'm trying to think, because... It seems like we know the twist. You know, it seems like everyone already knows the twist. Like, in all the trailers, um, they're painting Mysterio out to be this good guy, right? Mm. Um, no trailer has actually explicitly shown him doing anything harmful uh, to Peter or to the, the, the good side, so to speak. Um, 
So comic book fans like myself uh, mm-hmm. will know that Mysterio is a bad guy. And his whole thing is, you know, tricking Peter into thinking he's a good guy. Um, you know, he's the master of illusions. So when you see in all the trailers that Mysterio is coming off as this good guy, this this helper to Peter, this mentor figure, um, almost taking up the the role that Tony had in his life. Um, it makes you wonder, like, you think we know what the twist is going to be. You know, it, it seems that it's going to be Mysterio's a good guy. He tricks Peter into thinking he's a mentor and then turns out to be a bad guy in the end, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it says it's very unexpected. And since that is what is expected, what do you think could happen instead of that scenario? I feel like I hate to go into this de- rabbit hole of conspiracy theories, but I feel like it has to have to do something with the multiverse because a lot of, there have been a lot of, of course, crazy fan theories going out there. What if uh, this is just one version of Jake Gyllenhaal's character, and what if on this in this version he's a good guy, but in the regular MCU canon he's a bad guy, and of course that could be a conflict, but. Uh, Here's something I saw. Here's a tweet from Shamik Moore, the guy who voices Miles Morales in Into the Spider-Verse. Yo, at Tom Hall in 1996, you know the Spider-Verse movie would need your man Miles too. I don't know. For me, I'm just like, uh, that could just be speculation. That's me reaching, but is there something to do with this with the Spider-Verse or something to do with at least a multiverse? And because Spider-Verse did so well, and it opened up this whole can of worms regarding, oh, is there Spider-Verse including the MCU as one universe of Spider-Man? So, and for us, if the twist is something that we can't expect, and if the twist that we are expecting is for Jake Gyllenhaal to be evil, then it has to be something either completely unrelated or it's just a really good script and they pulled off that twist without us really thinking about it. But what do you think it is? Because I really think it's... uh spider-verse related into some way shape or form dude i i don't know like i've been racking my brain as to what this could actually be for so long because like i i it just seemed so self-explanatory you know Mm -hmm. the the whole plot it just seemed so easy to figure out just from the trailers knowing who mysterio is you know classically in all the comics and you know historically mysterio tricks people into thinking he's a good guy or tricks people into showing, you know, this, this, this big bad guy that he saves because it's all an illusion anyways. Mm -hmm. Um, So it just seems like that would be the plot, but seeing that everyone is saying there's a twist, I'm at a loss. Like, I just, I just don't know what, what to expect. I will say um, something Spider-Verse related would be crazy. Um, Like some kind of, way to involve like a a multiverse obviously like multiverse is going to be be a thing that's discussed in this movie um we've we've known that from that clip they released yeah yeah for a little bit whenever they reveal that mysterio is supposedly from another earth um so um it makes total sense that that would um that that could happen where it becomes a spider-verse scenario um but I don't know. I don't know what it could be. I've also seen what, like you mentioned, where it's like this version of Mysterio is actually good and he's actually telling the truth. Mm-hmm. But there's another version from another universe or maybe from this universe that is actually bad. So, you know, it's it's a big uh, 
I don't know. I really don't know. It's so, it's so, so confusing. I don't know what it could end up being. I have seen a lot of people um, mentioning maybe that there's a cool cameo uh, in this movie. And I've been wondering about this a lot. Do you think that we could get a Tobey Maguire or Andrew Garfield cameo God, in this movie? I really hope so, but I really don't think it could be that that far because there's no way that they could have got those two on set, even on separate days, without somebody noticing or somebody spoiling it. Especially with Tom Holland not spoiling it. There is no way <laughs> that that could be possible yeah. without somebody tipping somebody off. I just want it so bad. And I think I think the entire Spider-Man fandom, despite it being so divided currently between, you know, the Raimi the Raimi trilogy big fans and then the MCU fans and then I mean, there's less amazing Spider-Man fans, but there's some and we exist, we're I out here. Think, <laughs> right. I, I but I think there's so many um there's so much division, people arguing who is the best where I think it would be so awesome to have all three of them on screen, even if it's just like, you know, a lot of people have mentioned um, cast Toby Maguire as Uncle Ben. Yeah, see, because, I'm still on that chip. That's that's a good one. Yeah, right. I I I think that would be such a cool tie-in, and I don't think anyone would be upset by that. Like, I think that would make people so happy. But even even if you have Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield in the movie and they're not actual characters, you know, mm-hmm. they don't have to be, um, these, you know, they don't even have to have speaking roles. Maybe Spider-Man just saves them and it's the two of them in some way, form or fashion. That would just be a nice little Easter egg that I think everyone would like. Like it would, it would just be cool to see the three of them together. And I know, I know Andrew, loved the character. I mean, he was heartbroken when they didn't make amazing Spider-Man three. So, um, were, so were we, so were we, <laughs> I, I was pretty sad too, but I'm happy with what we got. Um, but I, and I know Toby, I don't think Toby has any animosity towards the character of the franchise. I mean, he shouldn't. How Spider-Man three went. I, I mean, you got two out of three, I mean, and still, people regard Spider-Man 2 as one of the greatest superhero movies of all time. He really shouldn't have any animosity towards that franchise or anything. I mean, to each their own. But I yeah, still... I Go ahead. I don't think there's any hang-ups as to how you could get those guys on set and in the movie other than money. You know, you'd have to pay them because they're both pretty big actors. Um, especially I mean, Andrew Garfield with the role he's been on. Oh, yeah. In the past couple of years. But, but I wouldn't be surprised, though, because Marvel does have the money to spend on those big-name actors. Oh, they got that endgame money. They can afford anything. Oh, my. <laughs> they make yes. so much money. I, I wouldn't... I don't, I don't want to hear any, any budget complaints about Marvel exactly. for the next five years with the way they're making money. They're cashing out, so... All right, but here's, here's a good question, though, that I've been seeing on Twitter a lot. Do you... So you know that regularly Mysterio is generally a villain, right? Right. Do you think it's a spoiler? And even, of course, because it's, it's not even confirmed. Do you think it's a spoiler for people to be calling him a villain on Twitter and all that? What do you think? I think if someone who saw the movie said, hey, Mysterio is a villain, 
I might be a little bit bummed because mm-hmm. like honestly, we don't know because they change things from the movies and the comics a lot. Mm-hmm. So if someone who had already seen the movie was like Mysterio as a villain, now that being said, for anyone listening, I don't think I just spoiled anything. I haven't seen anyone who's seen the movie say outright Mysterio is a villain. So same. I don't know. Um, so we, we really don't know, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't complain about someone who hasn't seen the movie saying Mysterio is a villain because he is all yeah. the time, you know? Yeah. So that shouldn't be a spoiler at all. Um, I mean, there are fans who haven't touched a comic book ever or even looked into them at all and don't know anything about the history. I'm not a huge comic book reader, but mm-hmm. I know a lot about them and I know a lot about the characters and what they were like in the books, you know? So I don't think it would be a spoiler to say that. Same. Unless you've already seen the movie. Because of course, yeah. at the moment, <laughs> I think just about everybody thinks like, yes, it's probably, like he's probably a villain. I could say 99% I would put money on Mysterio being a villain in this movie because were he not a villain, people would be very upset. Like that would piss a lot of people off, you know, if they changed his character so much to actually make him the hero that the trailers portray him to be. I, but I think that'd be cool. We be- still, I, I think it would be interesting. I don't know if I would like it very much. I know a lot of people wouldn't. I would have to, it depends on how they'd go about it, mm-hmm. whether or not I would like it. Um, but it would definitely make a lot of people mad. And despite everyone already thinking we know how the plot goes, I mean, obviously we don't with the way people have been talking about it. But um, the uh, we still don't know. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, still, it's still not certain that he actually is a villain. And going... So we'll just, yeah. just have to find out. And going back to the what could the twist be, I really do feel like they could pull off the Mysterio is a villain, you know, for people who don't already think that he is really well, because I mean, in the last Spider-Man, they put, although nothing was like really teased in the trailer, the, the twist wasn't given away and spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen Spider-Man homecoming, but that was a long time ago. It's been three years, yeah, you, fine. You, you, you really got to watch that, but it's your fault at they, this point. Exactly. They pulled off that uh, vulture twist really, really well. When Michael Keaton opens the door, I was like, oh my god. Like, how did I not put two yeah. and two together? I was just like, that, wow. That was one of the – that twist. Because being film fans, as we both are, we find out a lot about the movie before it happens. You know, <laughs> We basically know a lot about the characters, especially with superhero movies because that's kind of the genre that I know both of us are most into. So like – we find out a lot about it and we hear a lot about it and we know all the details going into the movie that we can know. So when I saw that twist, I was shook. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, I was, I was, I was like, I was like, what the heck? Are you kidding me? Like, how did I not, how did I not know that beforehand? No, same. Like going into that scene, I was just like, Oh, okay. Like at some point, you know, in every movie, there's a point where, the conflict really starts to rise and things just start to build up. And at that point I was like, all right, well, he kind of just stopped being Spider-Man. Like, I mean, he's chilling now, you know, he's like, you got the yeah. girl, like he's going to do great in school now. This is great. And then he opens yeah. the door and I was like, Oh, there it is. I was like, there it is. Like, oh, come on. <laughs> it, yeah. That, that got me. I'll say that. 
And what other, I'm trying to think of other movie twists that have hit me that way. I, in uh, Frozen, mm-hmm. like six years ago, whatever, whenever that movie came out. Um, I love Frozen, by the way. Elsa is my queen. I love her so much. Um, that's beside the point. Uh, in that movie, whenever it comes out and it shows that um, like Hans is the bad guy all along and he mm-hmm. like leaves Anna to die. Yeah. That was, that was one of, uh, that was one of the, that's maybe the only other time that I can think of other than in homecoming when a twist just really got me and I was like completely unexpecting it. So yeah, for sure. Maybe Um, a twist. I don't know. I can't, maybe not an evil twist, but there have been a lot of things that just like come up like that at the end where you're just like, wow. Like I would have, I would have never just like figured it out just like that. You know what I mean? And I feel like a lot of films uh, just do a really good, like, this is my favorite film of all time. Like, like I said, it's not really a twist, but it's something that gets to me. It's like when it all circles back, like in Interstellar, greatest movie ever. Uh, oh, man. Yeah, the, I love that movie. Yeah, at the end when you're like, oh, it was him all along. Like that twist, just like, I was like, what? I was like, that's that's insane. And auto. I love it when movies do that, though. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um. So, before we move on to uh, Toy Story, uh, let's. I got one more question about mm. Far From Home. Everyone, and I mean everyone who has seen this movie, is talking about the post-credit scene. Mm-hmm. And we know Marvel's like huge on those, obviously. Of Endgame was the first one that didn't have one, uh, rightfully so, as it was a finale mm-hmm. uh, and a great one. But uh, everyone's talking about this post-credit scene. What do you think it is? All right, I have a couple options. One is, yeah, it's it could be the Into the Spider-Verse tease. That, that's one. The other one could be, because remember in Homecoming, someone had, some unnamed person had bought out Avengers Tower, or Stark Tower. I think it was Avengers Tower still. But yeah, I definitely feel like that could be the reveal for that. And mm-hmm. the third one, it could be teasing who our next big bad is. Not, but I know I've heard reports that they're not going to do a giant, overarching big bad for the next decade like they did with Thanos. But there'd be a lot more smaller ones that over the course of like a few movies. So I definitely think we could get another big bad tease. And for that, I'd hope we'd get like maybe Doc Ock or at least Sinister Six kind of thing going. Now, I don't think we have we're ready for anybody like Galactus yet or something that big. But what do you think? Yeah, I think. If you were to do, if in the post credit scene of this movie, if it was something teasing like a big bad for the MCU, like a Thanos type character, that would be really out of place. Like if Kang the Conqueror just showed up in the post credit scene of Spider-Man Far From Home, it would just be like, what, what? That doesn't, no. You know, I feel like whatever it is, is going to connect to the movie we just watched, right? Yeah. Um, and... If Marvel even does a big bad scenario again, the way they did with Thanos, which I assume they will eventually because of the money that they made from this giant culmination between Infinity War and Endgame. Mm -hmm. But I don't think, if you think about it, we didn't have our first Thanos tease until 2012 in at the end of the Avengers. And that was four years after the beginning of phase one. So I doubt we'll hear about anything about another big bad in terms of like, 
for the whole universe mm-hmm. to come together the way they did in Endgame and in Infinity War. I don't think we're going to hear anything about that until maybe 2023, 2024. Like, it'll, it'll be a while, I feel like. Um, however, I do think this, uh, this post-credit scene, it's got to be the Sinister Six. Like, that's, that's all I can think about. And I, and I think, you know, Marvel, they already teased at it in the post-credit scene in Homecoming when Scorpion came up to um, Vulture. Vulture in prison. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and was like, we got to make a team. Which, I don't know how that's going to pan out with Vulture like being like, no, he saved my life, I don't want to, or whatever. But mm-hmm. um, I think that's, that's the only way. And I would love, oh my god, I would love for a Norman Osborn cameo. Even, maybe, I think, if they revealed that Oscorp is the new... Uh, that's where Stark Tower was. Like Osborn yeah. bought it out to uh-huh. make Oscorp. Like one, that's brilliant. That's perfect. Like that would be amazing. But two, I I don't even. Obviously, I would like to see the actor for Norman Osborn in mm-hmm. this movie if they were to do that in the post credit scene. But if they didn't do that, I'd be fine. Like that would be that'd be hard for that to have been kept under wraps. Like let's say Matthew McConaughey. A popular fan. Oh, let's say man. he. Let's say he gets cast as Norman Osborn. Mm-hmm. That's hard to keep under wraps until the movie comes out. You know. Yeah. I feel like we would have heard about it if Norman Osborn was cast already uh, for this movie. So, I think, I think it's going to be Sinister Six. Maybe they show like Oscorp, like the name Oscorp on the side of the building, uh-huh. and that's how they tease Osborn. But one way or another, it'll. I think it'll be Sinister Six for sure. Um, yeah, I'm just saying. I, kinda, I hope it is. I'm just saying too. For all about you know Toby Maguire playing Uncle Ben, we need to get James Franco to play Norman Osborn. There you go. Oh my gosh. That's that's <laughs> just that's just the best right there. That would be so funny. That would be hysterical. What's the funny thing is like Willem Dafoe could still nail that role. Oh yeah, he really could. I mean, he's I would still the right age. He was he was the right age then. He's still the right age now. I, they won't do it, but like. <laughs> He's totally still could, you know? Oh, yes. I think that would be really funny. I'd like to see Matthew McConaughey, though. I would. I mean, it's really hard. I mean, they are losing a lot of actors off their payroll, like Robert Downey Jr. is not going to be in there anymore. Uh, Chris Evans is done. Yeah, he's done for the... Yeah, he's done. I'm pretty sure he's completely done. He said he's done. We'll see, but I think he's done. Yeah, so... And I think it'd be cheap, to be honest, if they brought him or Robert Downey Jr. back for cameos and stuff like that. It's like, come on, just let's let's move on. But I love yeah, them. But sure. yeah, it's time for the next generation of Marvel heroes to take over. So I, I feel Absolutely. like if it's almost like talking about sports, it frees up enough money for them to be able to go get these yeah. bigger name yeah. actors for these roles. Right. And like we said, they literally just made more money than I'll ever make in my entire life times four probably with Endgame. So, oh yeah <laughs> uh they're fine <laughs> so they they can have somebody um is there anything else we want to talk about about spider-man before we segue into toy story do you have anything else you want to add not that i can think of i mean i hope zendaya gets a bigger role this time around because i know yes. I'd li- i want to see her kill it and it looks like she will based on all the trailers everything it seems like it's 
there's going to be a lot of um, romance between Peter and MJ, and that that relationship's really going to be more fleshed out. So I'm excited for that, mm-hmm. um, for sure. Um, that being said, let's uh, let's talk about another movie that came out uh, this weekend, actually. Toy Story 4. Oh, man. Um, oh, man. The movie that a lot of people don't think should have existed. Um, did they... Well, let's say, before we get started, spoiler warning for Toy Story 4. If you haven't seen it, the rest of the episode is going to be uh, heavy on spoilers. So go watch Toy Story 4. Uh, you won't regret it. Um, so, and then come back and listen to the last half of our, of our episode. So, a lot of people thought this movie shouldn't exist. I, I was on that train. I didn't think we needed another Toy Story until I saw it. Until you saw it. So what were your thoughts? Oh, man. I was in my feels at the very end. Like The movie, I felt like it was a lot for Woody what it was for Endgame to Iron Man. It was one of those things where, for the, for at least in Toy Story 3 and all of them, really, it was about Woody and the cast for the most part. Toy Story 2 is debatable, but at least 1 in 3, it was really about them as a family, you know, and Woody and Buzz at least in the first one. But with this uh, Toy Story 4, I thought it really developed Woody's character more, especially post-Andy, because that was he was the guy, you know what I mean? And now that yeah, he's... Yeah, it was in, so hard, yeah. so hard for Woody to get over that. You know, yeah, and now that it's he, such a big like hump. Yeah, now that he's not the guy, you know, it's it was almost like he was de- completely demoralized, and for him, I think one of the things that I liked that wasn't a big deal that I thought should have been a bigger deal, but at the end of the movie, I was just like, oh, that makes sense, was him giving up his voice box. I was just like, damn, like, cause if we go back to, uh, I think it was the second movie. He had this like dream or this like nightmare where he was broken, and then Andy was like, "I don't want to play with you anymore." And then yeah, yeah, and it's just like for him now to be broken, and then for him to willingly do that for the greater good of this other toy is just like it really just goes Ugh. to show he's not that toy anymore that only cares about being played with and being the the favorite. But what about you? Yeah. What did what did you think? Oh my god. This movie wrecked me. I <laughs> I can't even begin to explain how much this movie wrecked me. I'm excited to go see it again. Like, I'm going to go see it again and get wrecked all over again because I'm ready for pain. Um, like, oh, it's, same. Oh, man. Yeah, I can't wait I, to watch it a second time. <laughs> yeah, I. it was so, so much. Like, I've never had this happen. I was telling, uh, telling my dad about it. it. The movie ended, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it ends, oh, my... I get I get weepy talking about it, but I'm gonna say it. It ends, you know. Buzz and the gang are driving away, and Buzz says to infinity, and Woody says <sighs> and beyond. Oh my God, that line! Are you kidding me? No, like these are my characters. You don't get to do that to me. I'm so, uh, but it's great. I'm I'm not saying I don't like it. It was great. I loved it, but it was just so emotional, and I was crying. I was crying so much. I'm a big movie crier. I'm a <laughs> <laughs> Woody, Woody got me emotional, man. I, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. But I, so, and then it ended right, right after that line. They cut to the credits, mm-hmm. um, which I like. I like that they ended it on that scene, and um, I'll talk more about that in a second. But um, 
I looked over at my friend who was sitting next to me and I looked at him and, you know, I, I think I've, I've finished crying. You know, the credits are still, the credits just started rolling and I look at him and I say, it's just so sad. And then when I said the word sad, the tears came out again and I started crying again in the middle of the credits. And I was like, this has never happened where I physically can't stop crying. Like I was so emotionally distraught by it that I couldn't stop. I tried to, I was trying to talk about it with my friend and I couldn't do it because I was crying more. So, I mean, it was just, oh man, I, I just, I loved it, but it was, that's a lot to take in. Um, but like I said, I, one thing I really like is that they ended the movie on that line and boom credits. Like that was such a beautiful finale. Oh yeah. I mean, maybe they'll make another movie, but in terms of the story contained within this movie, that was such a beautiful finale to the film and a beautiful finale really to Woody's arc almost. Um, If we get another Toy Story, I think they'll definitely, um, obviously they'll have Woody in it. You can't have Toy Story without Woody. Yeah. It wouldn't make any money. Oh no. I mean, it would make money, but like people would hate it. Even if you made a good movie, it's like, you can't do Toy Story without Woody. That's just messed up. Yeah, that's, that was like so the they, Buzz Lightyear spinoff cartoon. Like, uh, uh-uh. I just, it's not, yeah, it's not the same. Yeah, yeah and I, I think they'd, if a Toy Story 5 happens, which honestly, if this movie does well in the box office, which I assume it will, it's already done well critically. If a Toy Story 5 happens, I won't complain, but... I think they'll find a way to bring Woody back into the fold and reunite these characters somehow. Uh-huh. But the movie can't be about Woody. Like he can't be the main character arc, right? Because he's already done. Yeah. He's, he's, he's reached his completion, you know, to the point where maybe we look more, the movie centers more around buzz or more around Jesse. And that's the movie is more, more catered to their, to their story and to their arc. Um, so I definitely think that could happen with Toy Story 5. But I just really liked how they ended it on that note. Like there was no, <laughs> there wasn't anything after that. Um, except for, you know, in the credits, they have, they show what it's like. Um, they show Woody with his new friends, you know, at the carnival. Yeah. Um, and they show Jesse being the, the sheriff and how that, how that pans out. So I like how they did that, how they added these scenes. I know the director said, um, stay till the credits, you know, the story's not over until you've seen the credits. And that was true because they added these, these short little cuts um, and scenes where it was like, you know, Jesse as a sheriff brings home uh, Forky's girlfriend, I guess, or, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, and then, you know, it shows Woody with his carnival friends and it shows like where they ended up after that big decision was made, but you still got that note of finality um, on that final line to infinity and beyond. And I love that so much. Oh yeah. With that final line, I really didn't think they could hurt us more than so long partner in toy story three. I was like, that one got me. Right? That that one right? hurt me. I was like, Oh man. Like, I don't know. Cause for me, it's like, I was Andy at some point, you know, and yeah. I did go to college yeah. and I left my toys and it was just like, Oh man. But mm-hmm. yeah, I really, I really do love that last scene. And I, I also, I don't know, I don't know if you caught this, but I loved that grape soda pin uh, Easter egg they had in there. What? Where was it? When Bo first meets Woody and she has her sheep 
uh, like you know, she's like driving the skunk car, and they're like bring yeah. the, and she's like, oh, this is nice, and it was like a bobby pin, and then she just like puts it in her cart. They yeah, they they saw like a grape soda, or like what about it? She's like, uh, uh-uh. uh, and just like throws it away. It was the grape soda. <laughs> yeah, it was like a grape soda bottle cap. How did I miss that? I saw that, oh, and man. I was like, okay, I even well, heard a kid in my theater like, hey, and I was like, oh, I know that. <laughs> did you notice? The Dynaco reference? I did. I did. Okay. Well, that one was a little more obvious. That's the one I was able to catch. But, oh, man. I can't believe I didn't notice the grape soda. Oh, yeah. I love it, too. How even in animation, dolls are still creepy. Because those... Oh, yeah. That doll, when... They nailed that. Yeah, when it turned its head at Woody and Forky, I was like, oh, my God. This is a horror movie or is this a kid's movie? That's something I love about this franchise. Um, Toy Story 2 doesn't have as much of it, but Toy Story 1, especially in Sid's room. Oh, God. And Toy Story 3 a little bit as well. Um, they have a lot of horror elements, and I love that. Like, these movies are all G-rated, but there are horror elements within the movie, and it's so... Uh, I, I just love it. I think it's so cool. Um, but talking about Gabby Gabby... Like, you mentioned her. Oh, God, yeah. She was I, She was creepy. <laughs> she was creepy. I really liked her motivation. It reminded me a lot of, like, um, I don't know. She was a redeemable villain, almost. Like, a relatable one. Yeah. Like, she was born... Um, Malfunction. She was born without an opportunity in the first place at all. You know, and it kind of commented a little bit on, like, privilege and stuff like that. Those are, like, big issues. Mm-hmm. Um but it's interesting that um, she was she was a really good villain. Like she, the fact that she turned out, you know, to be like she just wanted a chance. Yeah. At the end of the day, and that that was that was all she wanted. So I really liked how Woody was selfless and was like, you know what, I don't need my voice box anymore. I've you know I grew up with a kid. I've raised. I basically, I raised Andy, you know, I saw that to completion mm-hmm. and then I've been with Bonnie for, I don't, I don't know how, how long it's been since Toy Story 3, but I, I like to think it's been a couple of years. I think Bonnie was a little bit older. Yeah. She I, wasn't a toddler anymore. She was going to kindergarten, you know? Mm-hmm. So she's been with Bonnie for a few years, you know? So I liked how he was able to be like selfless and be like, I don't need this anymore. You need it. Just take it. Give me Forky. I'll get back to my family and we're good. You know? Yeah. I really like that for him. And um, I, I really liked uh, how when I, I like that. I mean, I guess it wasn't a twist because I, I feel like a lot of people in my theater at least saw it coming. I didn't see it coming, actually. I'm not going to lie. But when she gives up her voice, when he gives up her his voice box and then uh, the girl from the antique store picks up Bonnie and Forky's like, oh, wait, we have to see this. You know, this is going to be magical because that's her toy. And she's like, you can take it, take her home if you want. And she's like, no, nah, I'm okay. And just throws her back. Throws her down. I was oh, like, oh, that was the most brutal form of rejection I've ever seen. That was just like, I waited my whole life for you. And you threw yeah. me away. Yeah, that was, oh, that was rough. She just said, ah. And I was like, what? Um, yeah, that was bad. But the first time that I cried in the movie because mm-hmm. uh, there were multiple times in this movie that I cried. Um, I, it was when Gabby Gabby found the girl she ended up going with. Yeah. You know, 
the little girl at the carnival. She sees, yeah, she sees a little girl. She's crying. And there were two lines that really got me. She goes down there, uh, and the little girl sees Gabby Gabby. And the first thing she says is, are you lost too? And it's just like, oh, they are both lost. Like, that's the whole theme of that's. Yeah, that's, know, it's like, that's, that's the movie. That's I, repeated thing. Yeah. yeah. And that was just, oh, that got me. And then, you know, she picks up Gabby Gabby, and she's like, or she, she, start, she stops crying. She gets calmer because she's found this friend in Gabby Gabby, this toy. Um, and then she goes up to the officer and she's, she's like, excuse me, officer, we need some help. And she said, we like both of them. Cause they're friends. Oh, that got me. I was, <laughs> that just that one word. I was like, we, are you kidding me? Oh, for, um, for me, I think the one thing that got to me too, that I really, I just really loved, like, it's crazy. Cause from the, uh, promos and from the trailers, I was like, are we really, is this what Toy Story's come to? We're playing with sporks. You know, we we're playing with sporks <laughs> with pipe cleaters tied around them as arms. And I was just like, okay, okay. like, you know what? The, this franchise is yet to let me down, so okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love his yeah. not his consistent, you know, trash jokes. Like, I am trash. You are trash. Like, I'm... That was so funny. Oh, no, that was great. Like, I'm her trash? Shocked. And he's like, <laughs> yes and no. Like, okay. Yes. <laughs> but I don't know. I love when Woody just, when they're walking and he's just like, uh, the way that you make her feel is like the way trash makes you feel it's warm it's comforting there's nothing better than the, in the world than that and Anna, i love that because that's just so relatable especially for a lot of kids today because i don't know if a lot of kids today even have favorite toys because they are playing on ipads a lot of times and video games and on phones but at least growing up for us you know we did have that favorite toy and i think that's just goes to show how in tune with the audience like this writer is because it's just like that's so relatable because at some point we were all feeling um what's her name like bonnie yeah uh yeah. kindergarten where you just you need a friend and i don't know i think that also just it really spoke to woody's character too that he didn't because when he went to kindergarten with her i was thinking oh he wants to go there so that you know she could see him and he could be and she could be played with but then the fact that he's like just helping her, you know, even helps her yeah. make Forky. I think that was just like, wow, it really just goes to show. Like, yeah. She never knew that he was there. It just really goes and to show he, Woody's character. Yeah. Yeah. It was, oh man. I love his arc. I love his arc so much. It's so, it's so good. And I don't know. I really, I, so I tweeted about this. Mm-hmm. I never was the person to say, we don't need Toy Story 4. It's going to suck anyways. I don't want it. Um, although Toy Story 3 was such a good finale, I was open. I was like, you know, maybe it works. Uh-huh. Maybe it works. We'll see. Um, and so I was open to it. Um, but what I, was not, uh, what I was not so excited about was Forky. Because in all of the trailers, I was like, oh my god. This little fork is going to be so annoying yeah the whole time like i he just and he definitely could have been i think uh tony hale was the actor he did so well i mean he nailed it um he had the voice to where it wasn't um it wasn't annoying but Mm -hmm. it was still like silly you know yeah and that's a fine line like that there are characters that are like that that can get annoying to where you're like please like anytime they open their mouth you're like please oh my god shut up and i was worried that that was going to be me with forky because that it seemed like that was what was going to happen, but he ended up one of my favorite parts. I, 
every single time because she's like trash trash and like <laughs> i don't know that was just so funny to me i don't know oh no um, definitely i really yeah i think forky was really a good character i he mean was. he was so much better than i thought yeah i got he uh when woody at the very end when he's saying goodbye to all his friends um like he says goodbye to jesse and to buzz and like those are his best friends but i got the most sad when he was saying goodbye to forky because forky in a sense is woody's kid yeah like like forky was literally raised from his conception (laughs) by woody and you it's so it's it's really weird to think about but if you think about it like like forky like has his own character arc that's really good where he goes from terrified and like not knowing why he has sentience, why he's alive at all, yeah, you know, and to the point where at the end of the movie, in the credit scene, when he finds his girlfriend or whatever, I don't even know what her <laughs> name was. That that might be weird in a future movie, but whenever he sees her, he's like, "No, you're a toy. We all are." And basically, he's saying to her what Woody said to him, and I don't, I, I really like that. I was shocked at how good of a character this spork was <laughs> pixar 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 knocked it out of the park uh, related to a spork <laughs> there's just something about woody's arc throughout all the movies where it just like really comes down to woody having the uh, maybe not toy story 3 but at least one two and four where it's all about him having to realize we are toys you know like we are toys like toy story one buzz you are a toy you are not a space ranger toy story 2 i am a toy i am not meant to be put in a museum and toy story 4 even though you're a fork or a spork you are still a toy you are a toy to bonnie and that makes you a toy yeah yeah there's just something about that story arc that is just it keeps on working for them it's really good. It's really good. Um, so all that being said, the last thing from our first episode, um, let's let's rank the Toy Stories, okay? Oh man, from bottom to first. top or top to bottom? We'll 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 take turns. So you say your number four, and then I'll say my number four. Oh, we'll kind of talk man. about it. So, what's your your fourth best Toy Story? I'd have to go my fourth best Toy Story being number two. I mean, I I love number two, but don't get I it, don't get me wrong, but it doesn't mean it's a bad movie. It's just to stack up against one, three, and four. That's hard. That's really hard. Mm-hmm. And they're literally all great. There's been no franchise that's been so consistently great. Like Toy Story two, I'm the same way. That's my number four. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the one I grew up on. Like I grew up on maybe four or five movies that I watched all the time. Mm-hmm. Lion King. Um, Little Mermaid was one and Toy Story 2 was one and so like I love that movie I know it better than any of the Toy Stories but from a filmmaking perspective it's probably the worst one which yeah. is crazy to say because it's still great in my eyes you know I feel like just like so. it's just so hard because like Toy Stories 1 3 and 4 it's almost like you could really take nothing out of that movie to make it better just because yeah. it's so tight and there's always something happening. There's always a reason that that scene is there. But then yeah. with Toy Story 2, there there are times where it feels like, damn, this is really dragging along. It's yeah. like... <laughs> and it's just, but it's just here and there. It's so small. Yeah. Like, it's such a small nitpick. And I could get into it more in my thoughts on Toy Story 2, but I won't. Um, but I, uh, yeah, well, maybe I will a little bit. So Toy Story 2, I think <laughs> it's, it's kind of... 
Toy Story 2 reminded me of Game of Thrones Season 8. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the weirdest comparison ever. Yeah, I was but like, how does that? Moments, how do those two things relate? <laughs> hear me out. I don't know if you watch Game of Thrones. There are moments in Toy Story 2 where um, characters will do things, and it's like, I don't have a problem with that character making that decision, mm-hmm. but it doesn't feel earned. You know, um, I'm not going to spoil Game of Thrones since a lot of people are still in the middle of it and it's a TV show, but uh, a big character makes a big decision and it kind of shocks you. And it's like, Oh, that happened. Uh, why? Um, and when you look at it, had there been more seasons to flesh out that character more and flesh out that motivation, it would have made sense. And it would have been like, okay, yeah, that character can do that. And it makes more sense. If you've seen game of Thrones, you probably know what I'm talking about. Um, in toy story two, Woody, he flips a switch and he decides to go to the museum yeah. for a little bit of the movie. And it's like, why would you do that? Like, it doesn't, I don't have a problem with Woody making that decision to go to the museum. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, I think he likes the fame. Um, but one or two more scenes, the movie's really short. It's about an hour and 20 minutes, an hour and 30. Mm-hmm. So I think if you just extend the runtime to an hour 45, then you can give it more scenes and flesh out, Woody's character more to where it makes sense for him to want to go to the museum. But it just kind of struck me as like, why, why are you doing that? Why would you do that? Like you have all these friends, they've come all this way to rescue you. you No, no, definitely. Yeah. Um, So yeah. Um, that's my, uh, uh, your story two is game of Thrones. Okay. Okay. Um, What is your number three toy story? My number three, my number three is toy story one. Um, interesting. And I love that movie. I uh-huh. love it so much. Um, but I just don't, I don't think it's on the level of greatness mm-hmm. that the other two are on. What's yours? It's actually Toy Story 4. Okay. I mean, I, even yeah. though I loved it, it was just that with Toy Story uh, 4, I don't think it's, it's definitely not as like emotionally impactful for me as Toy Story 3 was. Just because yeah. with Toy Story 3, what it felt like the end of a trilogy. And the impact it had in that context, it was just really meaningful. And even though I will say Bonnie, or not Bonnie, uh, Gabby feels a little more interesting to watch than Lotso was, I still like Lotso. And I still, as crazy it is, as it is, I liked Sid because... I don't know. For me, there's just something about that where it's like, I the, here's my crazy comparison. It's <laughs> it's a Sid in Toy Story one reminds me a lot of the Joker in the Dark Knight. Oh my god! Yeah, here's here's my hot take. It's just because <laughs> there are just some things that don't need to be explained. The truth is, there are just some crazy kids out there in the world who like to blow things up. You know, I mean, like, his sister seemed normal. His, like, there's, his mom had all of, like, three lines in that movie, and she seemed cool. There are just some kids. They're just kind of crazy, man. And okay. I yeah. felt, no, I hear you. Yeah, I and he is the Joker. That is, that's the fact. Yeah, I, I get it. Some, some men just want to watch the world burn. Exactly. Some men just want to <laughs> send cowboys and rocket men up into space and blow them up. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I can't explain it, but he did. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so what's your number two? <sighs> number two is definitely Toy Story 1, the original. I think... My yeah, go ahead. number two is Toy Story 4. I yeah. think Toy Story 4 is just a 
it's I think it it hit that level of greatness for me mm-hmm. that Toy Story one and two were both so close. Yeah, but didn't hit for me. Yeah, um, I still think they're great. I just don't think they're like legendary. I don't know. I, it's it's all they're all so good. But yeah, so that leaves and us. we both agree that <laughs> Toy Story three is the best Toy Story still. Oh yes, I mean. Yeah. That, I don't know. Go ahead. That might be, that might be the best Disney film. I'm not. I don't want to say that it is the best Disney film because I would have to put a lot more thought into that. But mm-hmm. it's definitely the best Toy Story. It might be the best Pixar. I, I think that's a flawless movie. Almost. Oh man, like for me, it's one of those things where it's just like, because. My unpopular opinion uh, on what the best Disney movie is, we can say that for another podcast. But yeah, Toy Story 3 is definitely the best out of the Toy Stories. Uh, I just feel like it's definitely a lot more tight-knit and a lot more concise than all the other movies. So it's like, as soon as you see Andy, like that first scene where they're playing, and I was like, oh my god, Buzz has like, he's flying, you know, and we're on actual trains, and then like Andy grows up. It really just I love that sequence. it just hits the ground running, yeah, yeah. Like, absolutely. yeah, like no, we're gonna go here, we're gonna stay here, you know, and we're mm-hmm. gonna be in this daycare because we want to be played with, which is crazy too now, because, uh, now it's like that really relates to Toy Story Four. It's like we just want to be played with, you know. That's like the end all be all for them, but and with Toy Story Three, yeah, I just feel like. Lotso's character too and all the all those things put together we're really just it's really hard to top that yeah 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 it's hard to find a flaw i i haven't found a flaw in toy story 3 um that i can think of it's all it's all really solid um so yeah that's that's uh so that's that's pretty good i'm glad we can agree on that on oh toy yeah story 3 being the best. and that's one of those yeah. movies too where people are like do we really need a toy story 3 you know, and it's yeah, just like, yeah. and then you watch it, you're like, yeah, yeah we need, we need a Toy Story three. We needed yeah, that. I'm, I'm done doubting Pixar. I saw a tweet. It was like, I was skeptical about Toy Story three, and it was great, and I cried. And then I was skeptical about Toy Story four, and it was great, and I cried. And if there's a Toy Story five, I will no longer be skeptical, and I will still cry. Yep. And that's gonna be me. <laughs> that's, that's gonna be me. Like, if they make um, a Toy Story five, I'm just not gonna doubt them anymore. Like, I'm just gonna like, no. Okay. No. You're going to go. Yep. And you're going to be like, okay, it's probably going to be really good because that's Toy Story at this point. Um, so any uh, final thoughts on Toy Story 4? If you could describe Toy Story 4 in four words, what would they be? Heartbreaking. Uh, yeah. De- what's the word I'm looking for? Definitely anxious. I mean, pretty much yeah. as soon as, uh, what do you call this? Forky gets captured. You're just kind of like, oh my god! Like, what is going to happen next? Yeah, yeah. It's really bittersweet. There, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, I know this one is more towards the look of it than anything. It's really dreamy. Like, yeah, it's a beautiful movie. Yeah, that scene where he, him, and Bo are standing in front of the Ferris wheel, and there's, or not in front of the Ferris wheel, in front of all the lanterns inside the store. And it's like the chandeliers and stuff. I was like, wow, I can't believe they achieved this level of cinematography with animation. That's just crazy. Some of the best animation I've seen. Oh, yeah. Um, what about you? 
My four words. Uh, I cried a lot. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that's <laughs> those that's, are my words. That's perfect, honestly. <laughs> my my friend texted me. He was like, "Hey, uh, so what do you think?" And I said, uh, "Cry." That's it. That was my review. Just cry. <laughs> that's what I did. And yep. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I cried a lot. That's my that's my four words. Um, so uh, that that just about wraps us up with our very first episode of Post Credit. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, next week, uh, you will be able to find us next Monday. Uh, just like I said, every Monday we'll be, we'll be here. We'll be um, here. Next week, we'll be talking about a lot of new stuff. Uh, I think there are a couple movies that are coming out uh, that we'll be talking about maybe, uh, as well as some, some news that comes out within the next week. Uh, if you have any questions, uh, you can be sure to follow us on uh, Twitter, uh, I am at Preston Seymour, and I think, Raymond, you are... I'm at Arvinia, R-V-I-N-Y-A-H. Cool. Uh, so, yeah, hit us up on Twitter. Follow us there. Um, we also both write for a website called The Cinema Spot. Uh, I'm the editor-in-chief, and Raymond is one of the editors of that website. Make sure to follow that account at The Cinema Spot uh, on Twitter as well. Uh, we bring you all kinds of good content on a daily basis. Um, if you've enjoyed post credit, make sure to leave us a like or a thumbs up or whatever their uh, whatever quantifies as a like on whatever streaming service or uh, whatever you're listening on. Make sure to leave us one of those. That'll help us out a lot. And subscribe if you're on YouTube or anything else where you can. Uh, we would appreciate that a lot. Uh, that being said, we'll see you next week. And thank you for tuning in. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>